Welcome to Engineering Influence Podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And today, uh, very excited to be looking at something that we really haven't done a lot of uh, in the past shows that we've uh, we've had. We've talked a lot about engineering. We've talked a lot about techniques, but we haven't talked about uh, materials. And something, of course, critically important uh, is really the, the the bedrock of our surface infrastructure system, which is concrete and 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 the paving materials that we put on the roadways and the increasing push um, internationally and of course domestically for low carbon or reduced carbon concrete. And we're looking at this and and, and especially in light of a webinar we're going to be holding on this subject uh, in, in the near future and, and want to give you a preview of what we're going to be talking about. And uh, we are joined by a number of, of, of experts in this field. I'm very pleased to be joined by uh, Thomas Van Dam. He's the principal at Wiss Janney Esner Associates out of Northbrook, Illinois. Uh, we have also Eric uh, Ferby. He is uh, Senior Director of Technical Services with the American Concrete Paving Association and Peter Taylor at the National Concrete Paving Technology Center. Um, really pleased to be joined by all three of you. Thank you very much for uh, coming on the show today. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 first. Uh, I mean, Tom, I you know you, you W uh, 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 J E is is a is a global firm, employing architects, engineers, material scientists, uh, really tackling a lot of these issues that go into designing the, the the future of American infrastructure and infrastructure around the world. Tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your your firm and your background in in, in this area. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, I'm a, a principal at Wish Jenny Elsner. Uh, we are a uh, an international firm, but really firmly rooted in the United States, uh, about 750 employees, and we pride ourselves on being problem solvers. And so as a firm, I'm a fairly recent hire, actually, here in, within the last year, but really brought on board to take on this topic. Uh, the firm recognizes in dealing with our clients the importance of, of carbon um, reduction in the in the infrastructure that our clients are building, and in particular within concrete, which uh, we'll probably get to, but is, you know, as a material, uh, because we use so much of it, it has a fairly large carbon footprint, responsible about 1% of the greenhouse gas emissions reported annually in the United States. So, you know, our firm is uh, very committed to uh, taking on this issue and um, I'm very happy to be working there and with others um, to address it. That's great. And, and, and Eric, I want to go to you. I mean, with uh, ACPA, tell uh, our audience who might not be familiar with ACPA, you know, really its core focus uh, um, and, and what you do there and, and, and a little bit about how you come into the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, so the American Concrete Pavement Association is the national trade association that represents the concrete pavers, as well as the material suppliers and equipment manufacturers involved in concrete pavements. Um, and so that's kind of what we represent. And we've been heavily involved in sustainability efforts related to concrete pavements for over a decade now, um, really trying to look at the strategies we can use to kind of improve concrete pavements, both in terms of longevity and durability, but also looking at how we can reduce the environmental footprint, like Tom said. So uh, lots of different strategies are, strategies are out there, and it's really about looking at trying to pull all the different levers that we can to improve concrete pavements. 
And Peter, let's uh, round it out with you with the uh, Concrete Paving Technology Center. Uh, tell us about the Technology Center and, and your role there and, and, and kind of what your thoughts are. Sure. Uh, the CP Tech Center is a research center within Iowa State University. Uh, we're a fairly small group. We are four engineers and some assistant staff. Um, our role nationally is to assist with implementing te uh, innovative technology into practice. So we like to think of ourselves as being at the nexus between industry, academia, and uh, um, material suppliers and agencies. So that you know, we provide that that connection, helping practitioners write good specifications, make good pavements, and deliver it all. So uh, we work closely with ACPA, with professors, with uh, and with FHWA and the DOTs around the country. Our involvement with um, sustainability has been long running. I think our first publication on it was co-authored by myself and Tom back in 2008. So this isn't a new, isn't a new topic for us. And you know, again, our role is, is getting information in the hands of everyday people. Yeah, fantastic. This is the kind of trifecta. Uh, right. We have the, uh, the engineering firms, we've got the trade association, and we have the people who are, who are doing the research on specifications and application. So I couldn't imagine a, a better group to talk about this. Um, I want to start off with Tom and Eric, actually, on this, because I want to go first with the whole idea of what is meant by low carbon or reduced carbon concrete. Uh, you know, how is that measured and, 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 and how is the, the process changing with, with uh, uh, the development of those materials? You want to go first, Eric, or do you want me to? Uh, go ahead, Tom. You know, the, the, the idea of, of low carbon, uh, I guess when you start with that, it makes you think, well, what is high carbon or what is the benchmark? And so, you know, the, the good news in this is that within the last oh, five or six years, there's been a real push to actually use uh, a process developed by ISO um, and uh, widely accepted throughout the, the world in which uh, a product category rule has been written for concrete. This rule uh, allows uh, a practitioner of the the art of life cycle assessment to then look at a product such as the concrete and assess its um, the embodied carbon within that material. And it's measured in always in kilograms of CO2 equivalent. And in the case of concrete, it's per cubic yard. So we do have a mixing of, uh, of um, units there, but that is the way it is done in the United States under our product category rule. And then from that, they come up with what's called an environmental product declaration. So that environmental product declaration for a given concrete will tell you basically that concrete truck at the gate um, has this much embodied carbon uh, per cubic yard of the concrete that it's carrying. And then from that, we um, there are benchmarks that have been established by collecting data from over 70,000 EPDs around the country. And now we know what the average is and we have some idea of what the distribution is. And then from there, you can define low. And I'll, I'll leave it at that if Eric wants to try to pick it up there after I probably made a mess of that definition. <laughs> uh, that's a great start. Most of the focus that we're talking about right now is looking at 
those EPDs, environmental product declarations, what are the strategies we can do now that we have a benchmark to further reduce our carbon footprint um, with those upfront EPDs? And so that's a big portion of what we're focused on. We're also focused on what happens later on in the pave in pavement's life. So not just the upfront embodied impacts, but also later on impacts. Um, but uh, really it's kind of getting to that full scale, full life cycle impacts. That's the ultimate goal down the road. Um, and that gets to be a little bit more challenging, right? We know when we have a mixture of concrete, it's very, uh, it's very easy to define what materials we're using, where we're getting them from, and it's a lot easier to define that environmental product declaration. Once we start talking about life cycle impacts later on in the pavement's life, um, it's still something that we can do, but it gets a little more complicated and a little harder to regulate. So it's not quite as standardized or as easy to do as an environmental product declaration, which is becoming kind of the metric for us to calculate our upfront impacts of creating concrete. So that's kind of where we're focused right now and got also that long-term view of trying to look at the life cycle impacts as well. So Peter, I want to, I want to talk about kind of material specifications. You know, you, you do a lot of work, you know, bridging the gap between the, the producers and materials, the, the DOTs and, and the agencies that are that are that are looking to use this and you know the push by the public sector clients to really reduce their carbon imprint and, and 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 cities and municipalities that are trying to go as clean and green as possible how are the material specifications changing uh to take advantage of uh low carbon or or, or reduced carbon concrete that's a very big question um the best cement specification to help us get towards low carbon cement materials is ASTMC 1157 or um, just above that is uh, the ASTMC 595. Now 1157 is a specification that has no chemical uh, or raw ingredient requirements within it. You can make your cement out of anything you like as long as it performs okay it's acceptable. Now, 595 is more slightly more prescriptive in that it does put limits on uh, how much clinker, how much limestone, how much other products you can throw in there. So they're slightly different materials, uh, specifications. But both of these documents allow us to be able to specify and use um, cements with a reduced carbon footprint. Now, when it comes to the concrete, there is nothing on how to make a low carbon mixture. However, the work that we've been doing has been providing tools of guidance on how to set about preparing a mixture that is going to be with a lower cement content or at least a lower clinker content. And so, you know, an example is some work we did at Minnesota last year where by carefully juggling the ad aggregate proportions, we were able to reduce the cement content by about 15%. The performance of the mixture is just the same. And so, yeah, there aren't any specs in that field yet. And, and I'm, I sometimes, sometimes wonder if there will be, other than if the agency comes along, and, and, and this is what is likely to happen. Federal government or the agency is likely to come along and say, take your best EPD, cut it by 20%, go. 
So then they can turn to the tools that we have to be able to say, well, here's how you can go about getting there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the important part is that we do not want to compromise mm -hmm. engineering performance. Um, so those are paramount. And then the carbon requirement is on top of it. That it doesn't replace it. You see the push mainly, and this is open to everyone. I mean, is it mainly in paving or is it also in construction? So it's, 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 you see more attention being paid to the materials being put into, um, you know, the surface construction or is it is it equal in vertical construction or, or, or what have you? I would say that it's that the pressure is the same across all of the concrete environment or environment at the concrete industry mainly again because the bulk of the carbon footprint is in the cement and the cement doesn't really care where it's going whether it's vertical or horizontal i, I would like to you know add with the specifications the critical thing for the industry especially the consulting industry is when you look at your spec to make sure you have not created barriers unintentionally or unintentionally within that specification and so, for example, Peter is talking about the, uh, a great strategy to reduce the carbon footprint of concrete is to use less binder, so less cementitious material. If you have a given spec that says minimum six sack mixture or minimum 611 pounds per cubic yard mixture, right there you've created a barrier by which one of the biggest strategies to reduce your carbon footprint has now uh, been taken away from you. Right, so you can't get there. The other one, as Peter has alluded to, is if you do not allow the use of the ASTMC 595 cements or the, even the ASTMC 1157, you're now forcing uh, the, the supplier providing you with a material. You're taking away their ability to uh, lower that carbon footprint. So that's a really important element of the specs is to make sure that th that we have not created barriers within the specifications to allow the innovation to happen that's required. Um, and I, I would add, you know, um, one ad uh, advantage I think that I might have uh, working as a consultant now is I'm equally working with like the federal government and state DOTs on carbon reduction but also um, with our in, our partners in the private sector. And so even last week, we did a, a tilt. Uh, yeah, it was two weeks ago. No, one week ago. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, a tilt-up demonstration for, for Amazon, actually. So it was in partnership with Amazon and uh, a, a supplier and a contractor to actually go out and build three different tilt-up panels experimentally, the uh, business-as-usual case, uh, one with a mm, slight to moderate carbon reduction, and a third one with no clinker or very little clinker in the cement at all. So a, a very, very low carbon uh, material. And this this work was build, fabricate these in very harsh conditions and then tilt them up. And we have collected a tremendous amount of data and we'll be publishing that soon. And that was actually funded by Breakthrough Energy Foundation, our work. So it's, yeah, there's a lot of interesting, uh, there's a lot of interesting work going on right now, pushing the envelope uh, to, to demonstrate the, the viability of these, of these materials. Because when you look at a, a potential client like Amazon and, and the amount of work that they're doing, of course, you know, Microsoft, for example, also on data centers and building these large, structures they have to go up pretty quickly and um 
you know, it's kind of a one design. You don't have to redesign it each time. I mean, you can see these large institutional private sector clients looking for ways to to improve their building, but also be able to report back that they're they're you know lowering their overall carbon footprint in their in, in what they own. I mean, Eric and and Tom. I mean, what are you seeing? I mean, is it, you know, Amazon. I can imagine absolutely they'd be, be they'd be all for it. How much pressure or 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 how much interest from um, your your other private sector entities are you seeing for reduced carbon concrete? You know your 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 other developers or or for commercial real estate or what have you. Um, you know, are there any in the sectors that are pushing more than others, or is it pretty much constant across the board? You want to go for that one, Eric? I'll start. I'll let you finish. Um, so we're seeing a lot of interest in this and a lot of. Uh, a lot of push for this, especially on the industrial side, on the commercial side, with these private developers that are um, making it a priority and basically having and just driving forward as fast as they can, which is great. And it's great to see them kind of adopting this and making sustainability a big priority right off the bat. Um, on the public side, it is a little bit slower, but uh, it's kind of just a giant ship that's trying to turn and uh, get moving in that direction. Um, there's not quite, it seems like there's not quite as much freedom to be able to um, immediately implement different things and say that sustainability is going to be one of the ways that we're going to measure and make decisions on. But that is something that we're seeing more on the, uh, like I said, on the industrial and the private sector side. Um, but it, it, I, it does seem like it's starting to become a bigger priority with the public side as well. Yeah. Yeah, and again, to follow up, I mean, uh, you mentioned, I mentioned Amazon, but th you're right, there's also Google, there's Meta, there's Microsoft. All of them are actually in partnership right now through a group called the Hyperscalers for their data centers. And they have actually put out a letter and they are fully encouraging, more or less throwing the gauntlet down on carbon reduction in the construction of their data centers. So uh, active engagement with these groups um, you know, from the perspective of ACEC membership, um, these these um, innovators in their technologies are now innovators in um, pushing for low carbon construction materials. And it's I think it's going to push the entire industry in that direction. In a way, I think there's, it's not surprising that industry-based organizations are further ahead or pushing a little harder because it's very little incentive for a public servant to take extra risk or try anything innovative if what they've done in the past has been successful. And that's only going to come to them through legislation. Speaking of legislation, we have the Inflation Reduction Act in place, which of course tied in with the other, you know, larger IIJA you know, investment in infrastructure, but the Inflation Reduction Act specifically includes resources for reducing emissions and dealing with climate change. What is available in that bill that kind of fits in with the reduced carbon um, area um, and, and can firms take advantage of that, or, or, or are you seeing firms take advantage of that? I'll lead on this one if I could, because I'm up to my armpits in it these days. <laughs> um, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act um, element, there's there's a, a number of elements that are directly supporting, uh, you know, a movement towards low carbon materials. 
And, you know, I, I'm not infin, uh, intimately familiar with all of them. I know that right now there's some that are being run through EPA. Uh, there's also the GSA, right, uh, guy, um, benchmarks that are out there that, uh, again, consultants are confronted with when building a GSA building. The one that all three of us are tracking very closely is the Inflation Reduction Act uh, uh, Low Carbon Transportation Material Grant that's coming out through federal highways. And that grant is not yet out. Um, the, if you go to their website and look it up, you'll see that it's going to come out the winter of uh, 2023. So I guess we're just almost getting into winter, right? <laughs> but 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 we're running out of 2023. So we we expect to see an announcement on this sometime here within the next month. And it's going to provide, uh, it's a, a $2 billion program to help transportation agencies of all kinds really adopt low carbon transportation material uh, policies, uh, procedures, and ultimately to build with these materials. So all of us are, are very, very excited by this prospect. We're waiting, uh, um, we're waiting to see what it looks like. But I do think there's going to be a massive role for consultants in this to help the DOTs take this across the finish line, to go from concept to plan sets to specifications to construction. So uh, as a consultant, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what that's going to look like. Peter, at what, what, what's your view from uh, the Technology Center? Uh, like Tom, uh, sort of watching and waiting for the FHWA to put out the, the details of their program and then planning to work with both ACPA and uh, Tom and some of his colleagues on helping agencies apply for some of this funding and indeed helping them to do the work that they have promised to do through the funding. So, yeah, I think, as Tom says, this is going to be exciting times for us. And Eric, of course, ACPA for your own advocacy efforts and and working with, uh, you know, the IIJ and IRA and getting all that passed. I remember, you know, getting dealing with that during COVID with with uh, with Congress and, and seeing what was going to come out. Uh, you know, what's ACPA's take? on the IRA and, and, and what's contained within it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, as Tom mentioned, there's a lot of money in here devoted towards sustainable materials, and we're excited about that. Um, like I said earlier, sustainability has been something that we've been focused on for over 10 years, but it's really hard to you know get a bunch of contractors ready to go and doing all of these things to be more sustainable when there isn't a whole lot of incentive or focus or demand on it. And so by putting some money behind this, it's really exciting to see kind of the transformation of how this can develop and we can start to not only be building sustainable pavements and uh, concrete structures, but also start quantifying it a bit more than has been done in the past. And that's what some of the money that's already being coming out from the EPA is kind of focused on. And um, that's what also that FHWA programs could be focused on as well. So there's a lot of focus or there's a lot of emphasis on this and now there's some money coming behind it which is really exciting for the contractors as well as the consultants as well as academia as well as agencies i know there's um there there are many that are excited about this as well and it's just a matter of what's it all going to look like and how are we going to how are we going to achieve those sustainability goals that we're trying to set out it's a smart plan to be going 
through this process adopted by the FHWA or by the federal government in that traditionally it's extraordinarily difficult to get new technology in practice because of the conservative nature of our business. And the best way to do it is build one and see how it goes. And so here where, the, where there's money available for someone to uh, you know, get paid to take on that risk uh, is great because a couple of years from now, we'll be able to look back and say, yep, we cut the cement content and no one died. We're all good. Um, Yeah, I do think it's really important, you know, to circle back on both of those points. The one that Eric made with the use of EPDs and making them now become more common in time, and that time is going to be, I think, only a couple of years, they're going to be very common, right? So we're going to be able to to have a very good idea of what the uh, embodied carbon will be of a, of a concrete mix, for example. Once we know that information, once we benchmark it, then we can apply these strategies that have been discussed to reduce and to get to that low carbon uh, targets that are in something like the IRA. And then, you know, the follow-up is Peter says, this gives us then the opportunity to go out and actually build things that uh, uh, both from a DOT perspective and even privately, and then demonstrate the, um, the savings that have occurred. And the benefit. And and by monitoring performance, I have seen in the last, you know, two to three years, the change in this industry has been remarkable. I've been doing this now 39 years. I added it up the other day. It kind of frightened me a little bit. Um, more has changed in the last two years than the entire, uh, you know, uh, preceding 37 years of my career. And I think a, a lot of consultants are not quite there yet, but they're going to be there very shortly. And so it's a very, very exciting time. Some would say uh, a little scary, but also uh, filled with opportunity and innovation. No, absolutely. I think that's that's very well put. I think we are entering a time now what we have for the first time in a long time, a couple of pieces of very large legislation that have, that have, that have been made into law that, that uh, enable a lot of innovation to kind of be uh, – you know, that's been in development for a while to be implemented. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit of a scary time, but I think there's a great op- set of opportunities out there for everyone in the, uh, in the industry, the built environment, the engineers, the builders, the, you know, what, what have you to, to really take advantage of this. Um, I don't want to go too much into the detail outside of this because I still want people to register for the webinar that's happening um, next month. So, you know, kind of the, the elevator pitch on the webinar here, you know, why should, why should firms register? Uh, what are they uh, probably going to come out of the webinar learning more about, and 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 uh, and uh, what kind of uh, resources do you want to hope uh, people kind of step away from after the uh, webinar is done? Uh, Thomas, then we'll go to Peter, and then Eric. Yeah, I think that the pitch here as a consultant is, you know, a jobs, our job as a consultant is to meet our clients' needs. Right. And this is something that our clients are asking for. And even those clients that traditionally we wouldn't think will be asking for it, I can assure you they will be. This is not going away. And so, you know, from our perspective as the ones who will be providing this service to our clients, um, it's really important for ACEC members to become very well educated on this topic. 
And so, you know, I hope what we can be able to convey in the webinar is um, why uh, this is important to them, why this is going to change the way you do business. Um, uh, with respect to concrete, that there's a lot of opportunity here. There's a we have a lot of levers to pull to do a lot better. And then, you know, and, and finally, in the end, you know, how we can actually assess the difference we're making and get better and better. So I'm I'm pretty optimistic and pretty excited. And I think from the consulting perspective, they really have the most to advantage uh, or the most to gain here by becoming uh, well-versed in this topic? From a consultant's point of view, and I have been one, um, I did the opposite. Tom went from academia to consulting, and I, I went from consulting to academia. Um, one of the challenges is going to be that our materials are changing. Some of the performance things that we have got used to over the last 40 years uh, that I've been practicing uh, may not be valid anymore. And so, you know, there is a challenge to our designers and specifiers that co co copying and pasting language and using the same old spreadsheet may not be right. And there is going to be a challenge. We have to do some more thinking. We're going to have to do some more learning. And so, yeah, they need to be aware that change is coming. It's not necessarily bad, it's, but it's necessary. <clears throat> I mean, they've hit on most of the good points here, but the one thing that I would leave it, leave it with is that, you know, concrete has a lot of great qualities. And when we're talking and focusing about sustainability and some of the strategies we're looking at here, we're really talking about shifting some of the engineering focus to making concrete better. And there are ways that we can do that, both um, that are both beneficial on the economic side, but as well as the sustainability side focused on the environmental impacts. And that's really what we're trying to kind of shift the focus, that there are opportunities here that we should be taking advantage of and that aren't that aren't super scary. There are things that we can easily implement to start off with. And as we go along, once we try to get further and further down down the road to, uh, you know, extremely low carbon emissions with our materials, there are going to be things that need to be advances that need to happen but they shouldn't deter us from going down this route of trying to improve our materials right now with the strategies that we have. Perfect. Well, I do encourage everyone to go and, and register for the webinar, which is going to be taking place next month on the subject of, of reduced carbon concrete. Uh, go up to acec.org for more information on that. Uh, we'll also put a link in the show notes. Uh, but for now, Thomas, Peter, and Eric, I really appreciate you coming on the show to give us a little bit of, a, of an intro on the issue itself. And, some detail about the use of, uh, of reduced and low carbon uh, uh, paving materials. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. It's great being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Fantastic. And again, this has been Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies, and we'll see you next time.